Hey everyone, welcome to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast, a podcast dedicated towards helping you stay healthy so you can stay on the golf course and not in the clubhouse. We will be covering all things golf, from fitness, performance, injury recovery, instruction, and everything else in between. I am your host, Dr. Russ Manalastis. I am a board-certified sports physical therapist and strength coach based out of Rochester, New York. Our goal with this podcast is to help you play your best golf yet while doing so without limitations. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Russ. Today, we're joined by our special guest, Andrew Hannon. Andrew is one of Golf Digest's top 50 best golf fitness trainers. He's Titleist Performance Institute certified and also a personal trainer at Premier Fitness Systems in Scottsdale, Arizona. Andrew, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Russ. Thanks for having me, man. That's quite the pod- podcast voice you got. That's pretty- <laughs> hey, man, listen, I got, I got to put it on the part, man. That's what I got to do, you know? That's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so Andrew, you know, give us a rundown about your background. You know, you know, tell us maybe a little bit about where you went to school. What was your athletic background like? And maybe tell us your journey through kind of the fitness and performance ranks that ultimately landed you at uh, Premier Fitness Systems. For sure, man. So kind of start at the beginning. So I actually grew up in a small town in Kansas, I'm from Baldwin City, Kansas. In small town, I say we didn't have we didn't have a stoplight until I was in high school. So <laughs> uh, yeah, that's no joke. So kind of grew up playing all all three sports all major sports like you know baseball football basketball my dad was a baseball player nice. so we used to travel around with him quite a bit just to kind of watch him play then he turned into a, a coach for a long time so after I graduated high school I played basketball and baseball at Baker University nice. which is in it's in the hometown that I grew up in it's a d3 school in AIA nice. um, got my degree in exercise science and that's where my dad was the baseball coach so I played for him for four years played basketball for four years and after I graduated college went to get my master's for a little bit and it just wasn't for me I was done with schools so I was ready to work yeah so I um, actually my first my first training job was at Lifetime Fitness in Lenexa Kansas just a certified trainer and then I didn't get into the golf specific stuff until probably two years after that okay so I started doing more studying on just like TPI stuff NASM had a certification I got that yeah. and I started doing some more assessments and and screening process at at lifetime fitness nice. so I kind of knew that's where I what I kind of wanted to do I thought it was a pretty good market and I knew the body pretty well and I wanted to learn more about the golf swing so I I changed kind of pivoted companies I worked for a smaller company where I did a lot more in-home training yeah and they were affiliated with a lot of probably four or five country clubs in the Kansas City area so that's kind of what it kind of caught my eye Nice. So I did that for, for about two plus years. I got tired of driving around, got burned out. And me and my wife were looking for a place to move. And Arizona was was a perfect spot. And I actually contacted Greg and Brandon at Premier Fitness System, just sent my resume in. And it was kind of like a, a, like a four-month process. They flew me out for an interview and kind of the rest of history. Kind of drove out here. No family or anything and no friends. And we've been out here six years now. So it's been it's been quite the journey. That's awesome, man. And I think what's pretty cool is I think it sounds like the unique opportunity of being, being able to be coached by your dad while you're in college has got to be pretty cool. Um, it's got to be an opportunity that, again, a lot of people probably relish in with regards to, you know, just staying close to home, having family, and having your dad be a coach has got to be pretty neat. It was, man. And I could, I could learn from him just from, you know, because he, he kind of coached me throughout when I was playing Little League as well. And we did a lot of travel team stuff, but I mean, he's kind of a, one of those player coaches guys. I mean, he loves players, players love him, but he's very knowledgeable about the game. And this, I kind of, that's where I kind of learned more about this coaching, training and work with people in general. And that's yeah. kind of where I got a lot of those, a lot of those skills from him. 
Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times, you know, when we talk about like uh, the, the quote unquote soft skills, right, with regards to working with athletes, working with clients, like that goes a long way. And I think having your dad there hand in hand as you get one through kind of obviously your, your baseball and basketball, but also at the collegiate level, having that opportunity or experience to kind of see him do his work too, that must have helped you kind of as you got into this space as well. Yeah, it did, man. Because I think, I mean, I'm, you know, growing up playing sports and work with different, all sorts of coaches. I mean, from him, who's very knowledgeable to work with a lot of coaches that were, you know, big time, like very, very vocal, you know, they're really big, high intensity guys. Yep. I'm pretty, I'm pretty mellow. Like I'm pretty yep. quiet dude. I'm kind of more of the, you know, lead by your actions kind of guy. Yep. So just kind of understanding both aspects of what works for certain people, I think is a big part of the industry too. kind of work with personalities and learning what they react to. And if you feel like the performance is declining, then you have you have to pivot you have to adjust and kind yeah. of communicate a little bit better absolutely and i think too like being honest with yourself to, to realize that if they're not improving the way you want them to then maybe we need to look ourselves in the mirror and, and try and figure out how to pivot and work and work with them to make sure they're, they're continuing to kind of go on that you know the progression that you're looking for yeah no doubt i think it's huge in youth and kids too i think a lot of coaches nowadays miss that i mean a lot of a lot of things are changing just in that you see it with like big time football programs a lot of kids are transferring it we don't know why but it could yeah. be just you know the coaching strategy is just different now and kids are different you know yeah. you have to kind of treat them you have to adjust to kind of their personality and learn how to work with that absolutely i think finding the right match early on at a young age with regards to a performance coach or a trainer whoever it may be like that can go a long way in providing a relationship that they feel comfortable with and trust so that they can whatever yeah. goals that they have like that that obviously is the the, the sole priority of the coach that, that they're working with yeah no doubt man so, you know, tell us a little about your journey with golf. You know, was, was golf something that, you know, I know you kind of mentioned you, you looked at the market and thought that would be a good opportunity, but maybe kind of tell the listeners about maybe your personal experience with golf. Was that something that you played on at, a, at an early age, just kind of on the, on, the, on the side, or was that something that as you got into the performance space that become a little bit more of an opportunity for you there? Yeah, man. So to be honest, like growing up, I didn't, you know, didn't play golf at all. You know, again, it was kind of the main sports, but I didn't get really, I mean, I hacked it around a little bit like sure. in high school. And when I started getting more kind of, you know, into my profession, I started playing a little bit more because I knew it'd be important just with like, you know, business aspect and yeah. uh, I had a couple of buddies that play pretty seriously. So playing with them and just have fun and go out with them on the weekends. And um, so I kind of looked at it more as an opportunity one, one of my buddies was, he kind of introduced me to TPI and kind of showed me the website. He's like, dude, you'd be perfect for this. You should do this. So I kind of researched a little bit more and then got certified. Shit, that's probably eight or 10 years ago. Sure. And just kind of learned more about what, what their process was like. And I just, I just knew what, you know, with Tiger kind of growing the game with how his workout, his work ethic was and his workouts, you kind of see now it's just kind of blown up. So, no um, Kind of started, yeah, kind of started there at the, you know, corporate level. And then now I, I try to play like, you know, once every weekend, practice here a little bit, play like a nine. So it's just like I'm not crazy good, but I just love to play and learn how to get better and obviously work with the people that I work with. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, I think both both you and I, like as, as, as coaches or anyone, like you want to be good at the thing that you're you're trying to do to kind of niche yeah. Right. So like, you don't want to be terrible yeah. at that. Right. So I think the no. more you can kind of get out and play and, and, and obviously experience what other people are experiencing in, in your space, like that goes a long way in helping you with your coaching as well. No question. Yeah, I think so. I think with, with golf, like dude, it, it makes you feel so unathletic where 
you know, if you're playing basketball, all these open chain sports, it's just like, how can I not hit this little ball into that big patch of grass and just continue to hit that straight? Right. But that's the way I kind of have to look at it. And sometimes that helps you with just, like you said, coaching, but with myself, just, you know, just be an athlete and just, you know, just don't have too many internal cues and think about it too much. Cause if yeah. I get too technical with my swing or even with, you know, my cueing when I'm, when I'm coaching or training, you know, that can, especially with the person I'm working with, that can throw them off a lot and they get to thinking too much. And again, their performance decreases. So it's just yeah. kind of the, that internal aspect of that's how I kind of affect how it affects my performance. So I have to kind of treat that with my training as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like you, you, you hit a, a, a solid point where I think if you make people or train people to be just more athletic, they'll naturally get better at golf. Right. So I think as much as, you know, golf performance and golf specific training is great. You know, I think you need to have a solid foundation first before you get into that. Right. So I think if you train the person to be have better athletic qualities, then I think that'll help kind of translate to the sport of golf itself. No, 100 percent. dude. I think that's the right approach, especially again, kind of go back to with the youth and, you know, especially a lot of high school kids or even this like before they get to high school. You know, I get a lot of parents that want to bring their kids in and start goal specific training right away usually my first question is okay what are, what are the sports are they doing yeah and usually hopefully they have multiple sports going on but a lot of people out here in arizona like they could play year-round right so it's just like they have that that mindset of like okay if they stick with golf they're going to get better the whole time where it's just like they're not developing any other type of skills athletically right, right. so if like if they're coming in and we start training like the last thing i really work on is like golf specific stuff i'm trying to help them Motor patterns, jump, cut, land. And usually that translates a little bit better yep. on the golf course, especially if they're at that that kind of that prime age of like 10 to like 13 where they're still developing. No question. Yeah, I mean, you look at that long-term athletic development you know, model, like they're primed people, like you know, especially at that age, if you get them at an early age, be able to understand how to utilize the ground and be able to absorb force better, produce force better, uh, that goes a long way in mm-hmm. helping them become better at golf, right? And I think having that conversation yeah. with parents, like, that's a tough conversation because parents think like, Hey, listen, you look at the Rory McIlroy's of the world, you look at Tiger, you look at all these guys that are doing golf specific stuff. All, all the stuff you didn't see leading up to that was them being really just athletic, right? Playing multiple sports, just being, you know, athletic in general. And I think parents have a tendency to miss that, right? And when they miss that and they just want the golf stuff. And maybe if you don't provide that conversation up front with them, they think they're not getting what they need to be getting. And ultimately like, like that's a conversation that needs to happen early on in the process. Yeah, no, 100%. Dude. I, I think you hit it right on the head there. And even with, even like a lot of older clients I have, I mean, we're talking about, you know, that's probably a big niche as well, like 60 yeah. plus year olds. No question. It's kind of reversed in that mindset of like, okay, you need all specific stuff as well. Sure. And that's what you want. But a lot of these people I work with are, you know, high net worth people have been working all their lives or retired. So they want to play more. Right. So now it's kind of reversing. Okay. We got to get you moving like a kid again. Right. So you have that variability of, okay, you want to play golf well, but also do stuff yeah. outside of golf that you enjoy, play with your grandkids on the floor. Like sure. sometimes you have to kind of throw that, that kind of mindset to them as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta look and see what resonates with them to understand, okay, well, yeah. I mean, the goal is to get you better at golf, but at the same point in time, it's going to get you better at doing just your day-to-day stuff as well. And I think yeah. when, that, when that light bulb kind of switches on, like that gives them a better opportunity to kind of buy into what you want to do with them. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So, you know, again, you know, with you working with like, let's say LPGA players like Ryan O'Toole, you know, Sophia Popoff, you know, other PGA Tour players like Wyndham Clark, like, you know, what are some things that you emphasize with them when it comes to their training? Obviously, you know, there's a number of different ways we can kind of go with this conversation, but, you know, for you, what is your priority? Like, what do you prioritize when they come in and see you? 
So with players like that, dude, I've, I've thought a lot about this. And again, it's, you know, it, I think the big thing is communication because understanding, because with the golfer, especially like I had this conversation with Wyndham the other day, and the, like you said, I have that conversation up front, right? Because we've only been working together about a month now. Sure. So just having that up, conversation up front about, you know, how they feel, you know, are they practicing today or their travel schedule like last week? Because a lot of people I don't think know how much internal stress really golfers go through from right. you know, traveling, playing, you know, four or five days a week with a practice round and then walking, you know, four or five hours a day and then go hit balls afterwards. So that's a lot of stress on the body. No question. So this is like their approach to be a lot different than a lot of amateurs I work with. Yeah. So with them, it's this communication is key understanding what part of the season they're in, which is usually always end season. They don't really right. get an off season. Right. Unless they have, they'll tell me, Hey, I got three weeks off. Let's get after it. And then that's where my mind starts going on how to kind of program these next three weeks with them. Sure. And again, it's this always asking questions like, you know, how's, if you have injury history, how's their back feel? You know, how's the flight? How's the travel? When did you get home last night? All those factors have to kind of come in for the session that next day or for that whole week. So I can't just, I can't let my ego get in the way and just have them just, just crush them. I wouldn't make sense because, sure. you know, solely I can't say that, you know, I've helped players win tournaments, but I can, I can fuck it up for them. You know, if that makes sense. <laughs> right. So, you know, one workout could, you know, limit their hip rotation a certain way where they, they can't feel their sequence correct. Right. So their approach is very specific, you know, always asking questions and then the training is the easy part. Sure. You know, so a lot of those players are just making sure that, you know, take bucket, take things out of the bucket, have a checklist and make sure in my mind that I don't fuck this person up because it could right. cost them a million dollars to, you know, a tournament win. Yeah, no question. And I think, you know, like you had mentioned, looking at the recovery aspects of what they're dealing with or what their sleep is like, what their hydration is like, how are they feeling from a stress standpoint? Like those are all factors that I think as coaches, like we need to be mindful of, especially when you're dealing with an elite golfer who, like you said, one simple little tweak here and there can completely change their kinematic sequence. It can change how they yep. feel when they're on the course. And again, like you said, you can ruin things a lot faster than you can improve them. Right. And I think, you know, a lot of yep. times being able to take all that information and then process it so that once you kind of express it in their training, like it makes a lot of sense for them as well. Right. I think a lot of people, they want to, they want to get that crazy high intense workout and that's great, but sometimes they might not necessarily yep. be able to, that might not work for them based on where they are in their season. Right. So um, I think a good coach like yourself, you know, it gives you better opportunity to have that conversation and say, Hey, listen, well, your travel was like this. You're, you didn't sleep well. Your stress has been really, really high. We're going to try and maybe kind of ramp it down a little bit. Maybe get your nervous system to kind of ramp down a bit, still train a bit, but not get you to the point where all of a sudden it's going to, it's going to be detrimental on the course. Yeah. No doubt, man. I mean, perfect example is, the player I worked with this past weekend, I mean, you know, kind of a, he t- had a little vacation. It was his birthday week, yep. you know, so I knew he's kind of traveling all over the place. So that's exactly what he kind of told me firsthand. Like when he, when he came in that set, uh, last Saturday, he's like, they've been traveling a little bit. I met with my PT, the back's a little achy from the flight. So it's like today I was thinking like a little movement work, a little breathing work. And then the last 30 minutes we can kind of push a little bit. So that kind of gives me the mindset of knowing where his head's at. And yep. again, kind of take a real conservative approach and, you know, he knows his body better, better than I do. I right. kind of had the eye test. So, right. and now this week, usually when it's a couple of weeks off, we kind of get after it a little bit. But again, it still has to be a conservative approach because I know he has a tournament, you know, next week. Right. So it's just little things like that where communication is key. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, you know, too, like when you look at the whole, you know, what we call volume management, right? And, and again, that's obviously being talked a lot about in NBA. Yeah. Like that, but when you talk about volume management in terms of how much stress the body's being applied to, whether it's swinging, practice, it's training, it's all these other things, you know, like that management of that becomes so important for an elite athlete, you know, whether it's a golfer or whatever it may be, right? So I think being able to recognize that and then ultimately understand, okay, well, we're going to try and do some different stuff, maybe do some mobility work, do some prep work just to get the, the system to kind of get going and then do a little bit of work to kind of, you know, you know, put in the work and put in the effort. Like that sometimes is enough for people. Right. And I think as much as yeah, yeah. Yeah. you want to get in this space, I think the important thing to remember is that like you just crushing your athletes because like, you know, you want to like have it be awesome for social media, whatever it may be like, like we're, 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 for, we're forgetting the, the mindset here. We're forgetting what the goals are, right? And if the goals are long-term athletic development and being able to perform at a high level for an extended long time of the season, like you got to figure all that stuff out too. Yeah, man, I totally agree. I think just like how you nailed it on the head again with just with the development and with, especially with golfers, I mean, we want them to play a long time. You know, yeah. obviously I think the big, the big sexy thing right now is also, you know, with, Bryce and do all the swing speed stuff. I mean, that's, that's awesome. I think he's going to take the golf golf game to another level, but sure. again, managing expectations as well with the players knowing that, okay, where he's at is at, <laughs> that's why he's, that's, he's at the 1%. He right. has all sorts of resources to his disposal on top of a lot of smart people working with them. You know, you'll, all, all you have is me, right? All you have is me. I can only do, do so much. And I see you, you know, one week out of, you know, three months, there's only right. so much we can do. Right. You have 12 weeks off. Okay. Let's talk a little bit. Right. But now it's like, okay, how can we not force that type of, of goal into kind of one week? Yeah. I think that's what people are like trying to get into the field, like understanding that, like you can't throw everything. You, you can't throw the kitchen sink at them all right. at once. Yeah. I have to listen to them, utilize principles that kind of work with that type of player, that type of athlete, and then you kind of see what sticks and works. Yeah. I think that's great because like you said, you know, if you've got an opportunity to work with someone, right, that's great. But if you're only seeing them for one, let's say a couple of days in that week and they're gone for the next couple of weeks or months, like you got to understand what's, what's, the, what's the mission yeah. return at that point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, again, let, let, let's maybe kind of transition to, you know, the other golfers that you see, like the, so some of the, the, the amateurs, maybe some of the recreational golfers, like, it sounds like what you prioritize yeah. with some of your elite golfers is very, very similar to what you prioritize with some of those guys. Is that, is that, does that sound accurate, Andrew? Yeah, in a way, I think honestly with them, it's kind of more of the opposite, opposite side of things where it's like really managing their expectations yep. and really help them understand not to beat themselves up. It's a lot of, especially a lot of older guys I'm with that I work with, yeah. you know, this is, you know, like I said, very successful people and now all they have really to, start progressing to succeed in is golf you know that's their hobby that's what they want to get They're yeah. good at. that's what they kind of put their focus in along with their family and everything else so it's just like making sure again you kind of play the game a little bit where if they come in with a different swing thought or something they learned over the weekend okay how can you kind of manage that where it's just like you sprinkle that in so you again kind of the business side of kind of give them what they want and what's happy yeah. but also understanding what what they need and again kind of managing volume like you said and managing their stress but i'll get also i only see them two times a week two or three right. times a week right so with them it's keeping them on the course keeping them healthy help their variability get them moving like an athlete and at the same time you know stress them a little bit where like they're they're seeing some results and again they can pick up their grandkids right so with them it's just like how can we push their stress a little bit 
because they're on the only activity they're getting probably for, for that week. So we have to kind of push that needle a little bit so they kind of see some, you know, aerobic capacity improvement, some, some strength work to kind of help with their bones and their muscles. Cause a lot of those people, again, they play and then they go home and sit and then they see me the next day. So it's like all those things have to kind of come into one session for those yeah. type of clients I work with. Yeah. I think, you know, like you said, building capacity is a huge aspect for those people, right? Where, you know, they've, they've been sitting at a desk for an extended amount of time. Now they've retired and all of a sudden their, their volume of golf goes up significantly. Like, well, if you don't have a baseline for that, then ultimately like that, that's a recipe for potentially uh, something to kind of go wrong. Right. So being able to build capacity, build out foundational strength, foundational aerobic capacity that goes a long way in helping them understand that they can stay on the course a lot longer. Yeah, for sure. A lot of those guys, that's, say guys I work with females as well, but also kind of tickering down the recreational golfer that's a little bit younger. You know, yeah. guys in their thirties, forties, they're getting kind of managing their stress. A lot a lot of those guys again, they, they work full time and they have families, they have kids. So it's like we have to take that into consideration as well. Yeah. So I think again, managing their expectations where they see, you know, they used to be an athlete, now they're kind of transitioning to the to the family that works. You know, in their mind they still think they could do a lot of stuff. So that's where I kind of throw in, okay, let's keep keep you athletic but also let's kind of keep your expectations pretty realistic right. you know you're gonna play this weekend but you play you know one round a weekend and again they kind of see all the other stuff as well as like they want the spin speed at this they want to be able to hit the ball this far they want to hit it past their buddies so it's like giving them what they want but making them understand hey let's keep you healthy let's keep you strong athletic but also you have you know family to take care of too so we can't we can't cripple you right. make sure you're getting your sleep as well i think sleep's probably the one thing that a lot of them don't get was just like, you know, that's, that's just life. That just kind of happens. I mean, I'm in that boat, man. Like, again, I've got three young kids and as much as I want to obviously continue, yeah, got three kids. you know, like reduce my handicap. I want to, you know, you know, swing speed of this, you know, X number. I want to hit the ball this far. And I think, you know, like you said, managing expectation and understanding that, listen, that sounds all fun and dandy, but you still need to be able to kind of put in the work at some point in time. And sometimes there's not enough time yeah. to do that. And so, yeah. uh, you know, for me, you know, as I kind of prioritize, you know, again, being here upstate New York, where obviously you got snow on the ground and being able to kind of prioritize a, a structure or a framework to be able to kind of utilize, hey, these are some of the practice things that you need to do, but also this is some of the training that you need to incorporate. You know, integrating all that stuff in addition to family life and, and work and, and all that stuff like that balance becomes so important. And sometimes, unfortunately, you know, family should kind of supersede a lot of the stuff that we want to do from a performance standpoint, right? But the performance stuff yeah, yeah. help you kind of, you know, elevate your, your family life, right? That's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, um, I think, yeah. you know, I'm, like you said, I'm in that boat, right? I'm, I'm, I'm mid thirties. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, Hey, I want to improve my golf game, but at the same point in time, like I still need to be able to play with my kids. I still need to be able to get on the ground and, and, you know, and rough house with them and all that stuff. And that obviously becomes priority number one more than anything else. All right. So Andrew, tell us a little bit about your Adidas partnership. You know, I think, you know, um, a lot of people in the golf space or, or just in the performance space, they always like to, you know, obviously try and partner with people that you think your vision aligns with. So tell us a little bit more about how you kind of came about, you know, partnering with Adidas and kind of go from there. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty lucky thing that happened with me. So long story short, a same buddy that introduced me to PI, he, he, this is the type of guy he is. He kind of, he was on golf or blog or whatever. He was a golf, it's like a, it's like a golf blog. And he yeah. wrote some type of post or something for him. And he ended up winning a trip to Carlsbad to get like a full fitting for Callaway. And actually I think it was TaylorMade. He got like a full fitting for TaylorMade and got to play like Torrey Pines and all that stuff. And nice. at that time, 
Tony, who I'm kind of communication with Adidas, he used he was he was there when um, Taylor made and Adidas were like together. Okay. So Tony is the one they they became pretty good friends. So Tony reached out to me after reaching out to my buddy Q, and since he's strictly with Adidas now, that partnership and that relationship started. So what I do with them is, you know, sometimes I'll just, they'll send me some swag every once in a while, some new edition shoes, and I just kind of post and um, kind of wear their stuff. I'm not exclusive with them at all or anything, but sure. I get to do some cool stuff with them. Like a couple of years ago, I did a little photo shoot with them with some shoes that they were coming out. And some of the marketing that they used were some of the shoes I was wearing. So that was nice. kind of all plastered all over like the Phoenix open when they were here. So that was, that was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool deal. So, yeah. um, I used to be long, long time Nike lover, Nike guy. And <laughs> it kind of swayed me the other day. I kind of grew out of that because I used to have everything Nike and I'm, I still am I mean, a big Nike guy, Jordan guy. So that's kind of where I fell sure. in love with that. But this stuff is just, it's been, it's been pretty cool to do stuff with them. Yeah. I, I hear on the Nike side, man. Like, I mean, I remember, so, um, we used to be the rehab director at, at Under Armour corporate. Right. And, and when I used to yeah. be there, like, again, when you're when you're brand loyal, you're brand loyal, right? That's what it kind of comes down to, right? So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, you know switching, switching your switching your allegiances can be tough, but you know, we've been uh, Under Armour since then, um, since we've oh, been, since since there. So we've we've done some partnerships with them, we've done some collaboration with them, which is really really cool. Um, but I think what's really cool is that like you never know where these partnerships kind of come from, right? They're just kind of come out of organically. And the fact that you were able to kind of do some work with them. Now, are you doing mainly just work with them like in the golf performance space or just kind of in their performance space in general, or is it more kind of directly with golf specific? So more um, strictly through the, he's kind of on the golf, nice. he is golf social media side. So I just nice. kind of strictly just kind of golf side. So this is, they'll just send me like golf stuff, but every once in a while, like if I do like a post, I'm wearing all Adidas, like I'll, I'll tag them. He told me this hashtag. I tag them with, with some stuff. Sometimes they'll share it. Nice. It's just little things like that. So it's still, it's pretty cool. You got, you know, Dita sharing my stuff. So um, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I think you can't, can't really complain about that. <laughs> no question. I think the fact that, you know, again, you can kind of align yourself with a brand like Adidas and uh, especially in helping your brand kind of grow as well. Like that, that never hurts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's really helped, especially on the social media side. And again, this is some pretty cool stuff. I think, I think their, their golf stuff's pretty, pretty legit it's comfortable yeah. and they got kind of different levels of type of kind of brands that kind of branch off to in the golf side so it's pretty i think they're doing a good job with it that's awesome yeah I, I, again you've got guys like you know dustin johnson and a lot of big names on the pga tour that are wearing adidas like never bad to have major championships wearing your gear yeah, no doubt. <laughs> All right, so let's do this. Let's transition to our what's in the bag segment. So we always like to kind of hear what our guests on the show are swinging. So give us an idea as to kind of what you're swinging in your golf bag currently. So I have Callaway Rogues. I can't tell you what what generation they are, but lucky enough. So I think three years ago, so the two guys that owned the studio gave, gave me a club fitting for Christmas. Nice. So we have cool clubs it's right, right next door to our studio. So they kind of, they're one of the best club fittings in the world. So they gave me that for Christmas. So I got like a full fitting. They kind of gave me choice on, you know, what kind of work with my game and my swing and everything on what, what kind of brand uh, to go with. Yeah. So that's a pretty cool experience. So I went with Callaway. I wasn't hitting the driver very well. So I actually, same buddy, I stole a driver from him. It's just a tailor made. <laughs> I got a few wedges that are tideless that Scott Stallings gave me. And then I have oh. a three wood that's Callaway that Kevin Kister gave me. Nice. It's like man. one of those, 
and a PXG putter that a client gave me. So it's like I get get away with getting free shit all the time and it's, with the equipment and stuff like that. Like I just, you know, I lose golf balls all the time. So I usually just go buy golf balls and I might get like a new driver here in the next couple months, maybe. But sure. yeah, pretty lucky with a lot of stuff. And yeah, listen, man, and what's the same? Like you, you always play better with a mixed bag versus let's say just one brand, right? So uh, the fact that you can kind of get, you know, a number so. of different things, wedges, putters, drivers, woods from different people, uh, that's never a bad thing at all. No, not at all. And again, I'm, I'm not good enough to know what, you know, besides degree of wedge, but right. like my, I'm going to start doing some stuff with um, this shaft company called True Temper. So they're going to send me some sat, some shafts and everything. Nice. Um, so since I was asking my buddies, I had no education on, on shafts or what to do. So it's like, again, I think it's, one of the things that you get more specific with equipment, hopefully yeah. it'll help, but you know, usually I try to blame equipment if I'm not playing well. <laughs> well, I think too, like, you know, hopefully having your understanding of the equipment will help maybe your, your players that maybe need a club fitting or need some different equipment if they're looking to upgrade. Yeah. Right? So, you know, if anything, yeah. this kind of broadens your horizons to be able to kind of provide more value for your clients too. Yeah, no doubt. I think especially for the, the guys that are looking to kind of get a little extra edge on some speed, some of the older guys, I think that's sure. you know, kind of one of the good steps on not only physical, but, you know, they have to have the right equipment so they can, you know, the shafts being a certain stiffness and yep. the head kind of at the certain degree, just kind of get that extra edge. Cause a lot yeah. of them, like you said, don't have that, that ballistic power anymore or anything. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's transition to our shotgun round. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you a bunch of kind of, you know, quick hitting questions. You're going to do your best answers as best as you can. Okay. All right. How about, our favorite, uh, I think I already know this. What about a favorite golfer for you? Favorite golfer? Yeah. Um, Shoot, man. I think growing up was obviously Tiger Woods, but it's yep. just like a lot of a lot of players I I work with are kind of buddies now. So it's just sure. like Scott Sawings, like Kevin Kister, work with Chez and Kevin. Those are just such good guys. So it's like yeah. I just love when they succeed and watch them play. So it's kind of a group of them. Nice. And again, like you talk about those guys and their love for fitness and their love for for performance, like that goes hand in hand. And I think you know, especially now in in this generation where you're seeing all these guys being you know, having a, a team around them, you know, performance coach, uh, you know, mental coach, instruction, you know, rehab, whatever it may be like, you know, when you see that model and, and you see it being able to be able to be transferable to just, you know, even elite athletes, but also the general public, like that goes a long way in people having buy into what we are trying to do too. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. With those guys, again, I think, yeah, obviously we can help obviously because they're getting at that stage with their career where it's just like, they're trying to hang on and yep. there's, all so so successful still but it's like we're just trying to keep them on the course and it's just yep. like if i was a younger player like i'd reach out to them a lot of those guys like Chess and strills i mean they've been on tour almost you know 12 15 years right. now so it's like, that's the hardest part absolutely a lot of these young kids that stay on get on pretty quick but it's like how do you stay on stay, stay healthy yeah. you know manage the logistics of travel like stuff like that it's, yeah it's that's huge. a great it's a great point being able to get on on the tour is one thing but being able to stay on there for an extended amount of time that's a whole different beast yeah, I guess every sport. Right, right, think. for yeah, sure. Any sport. Yeah. All right, how about a uh, favorite golf brand for you? I mean, we kind of talked about Adidas, but um, what else? Is there anything <laughs> else that kind of, you know, you know piques interest there? Uh, not really. I, I try to wear Adidas clothes just because it's what I have in the closet. What, sure. what they give me. I like wearing it. Uh, yeah. Like equipment-wise, like, you know, I can change balls every once in a while. I've been hitting Bridgestone, Bridgestone a lot more lately. I nice. feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, that's about it. Nice. Uh, how about a preferred drink or snack while you're playing? 
preferred drink or snack? Um, I don't really snack much on the course. I'm usually pretty good with eating before I play. Yeah. Um, but drink wise, if it's like a weekend, I'm, you know, looking to kind of lay low for a little bit. Like I'm always go for like, you know, alcoholic wise, like a captain and like Diet Coke nice. or like a Bloody Mary, you know, a little swing yeah. oil. Yeah, for sure. Especially get an early morning start. Bloody yeah. Mary is never a bad thing for sure. No doubt. Hey, the best. <laughs> That's right. Uh, how about like a favorite, what's your favorite club that you like to use in your bag? Um, dude, like if I get my three wood rolling, like sometimes I just put, I put my driver away. So I think three wood, you know, I could probably, I hit that pretty decent if it, if it's on. So then yeah. it's like with a lot of courses out here, especially in the desert, you know, driver is a little bit too much depending on sure. what tee we're playing with. So if yeah. I get my three wood out and I'm hitting it straight, like, you know, I'm playing, playing pretty confidently. That's awesome. Three wood is the, the one yeah. color I don't have in my bag that I need to upgrade. You know, I've got a driver, I've got a five wood. Um, and then I'll usually kind of go long island, but three wood is always something that I've been wanting to kind of put in my bag. Dude. I think, I think yeah. off season, this off season will probably be the time to do it. Yeah. Especially off the tee. Like I can't right. hit off the deck worth of, worth anything, but it's just like <laughs> off the tee, like I get a hold of it. It's, it's it goes straight and decent okay. distance. So love it. Uh, how about, uh, what's, what's your preference? Par three or par five? I should say par five, but I'll say par three. Cause <laughs> simple par fives. I just struggle with dude. Like, you know, you kind of see it. Okay, I'm going to bomb this down the fairway and then you know, get there in two. That just never happens, even with, you know, I have decent length, but this never seems to work out. So it's just like I'm part five. I, I play such a such a conservative game. Like I'm always trying to lay up. And uh, so part threes, I think, is just kind of get an easy par, or, you know, hopefully luck out with the birdie. But I think yeah. part threes are there for me. Yeah, I mean, I think in theory, par five sounds great, right? Like, especially if you if you have some length, like, hey, get there in two, but like, it never plays out that way. No question. Never does. I'm in the same no. boat for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. How about um, cart or walk? What's your preference? Um, I'm a cart guy. I'll if someone if someone invites me out to play and they they always walk, like I'll walk with them. I'm not that guy, but yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just out there. Like, I need to get through the day. Like, get home, watch some football. Like, it's it's cart all day yeah sometimes you know just the, the efficiency of having your cart and being able to get around quicker i mean it yeah makes it, it makes a ton of sense yeah all right how about golf movie for you caddyshack or happy gilmore happy gilmore for me yeah no same here I just, I mean, every time every time it's on it's like one of those things i have to watch this this one part <laughs> right you know, all of a sudden you get sucked in because happy gilmore is on and all of a sudden you, you ruins basically your productivity the rest of the day it does for sure <laughs> <laughs> how about a favorite golf memory for you either personal or maybe working with an athlete or working with a client so i'm gonna go a different direction this so i was trying to think about this when you sent out that email so this one time i'm playing this golf scramble with i think it was for our it was like an alumni golf scramble this is probably before i was in arizona so i was still back in kansas so it was probably yeah. you know six years ago it was me the same buddy i've been talking about this whole time another guy and then another one of our buddies. So we're playing in this golf scramble and we're looking to win, of course. of course. And they had the score, they had the score, you could see the scores on the cart. And we looked and all these football coaches were just having these massive scores. Like they're going so low. So we got, we knew from the get go that they were cheating. <laughs> so we made it, a day, we made, we made it a day just to make a point. It was like, Hey, we're going to beat these dudes out. So we, we played our minds and it's probably one of the, funnest days i've had just playing golf and after we you know we thought we won and then we thought we beat the, the football coaches because we knew they were cheating <laughs> and then we shot like you know 16 under then we go into the, the clubhouse to get the awards or everything and this other group that were just full of like 
these scratch golfers end up shooting like 18 under we're a bunch of dads and everything so it's just like we got all hyped up throughout the day we didn't even end up end up beating the coaches but it was just a lot of fun because we were just so mad and we we're trying to like you know call certain people that hey the football coaches are cheating we know who they are but we just made a point just to beat them so that's, that's probably the most fun i've ever had playing golf that's awesome. You know, sometimes too, like a little bit of motiva- motivation, especially in a team format like that, that can go a long way in helping you, you know, stay on course, stay on, on, on tune and, and try and perform at a high level there. Like, especially when you know yeah, right, people are cheating, right? Like that yeah. makes you even more angry and wants you to be able to kind of perform all there. Yeah. It, w- it wasn't for anything. Like it was probably like a gift card to like the golf shop. It was like, sure, right. how our university was pretty small. We knew, we knew a lot of people there. It was just a lot of fun. And it, it, Together, we just had a lot of good – we just drank and had fun, but we were also playing pretty well, so it was a lot sure. of fun. Yeah, listen, it's the principle, right? Like, listen, you want to be able to kind of play on a level, yeah. level playing field there, right? There's no question about that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so last question. Who's uh, maybe someone you'd recommend that we reach out to be a guest on the show? I'd say, dude, like, if we're looking at golf and fitness space, like, the way I got connected with Wyndham Clark. So he used to work with a trainer out in Vegas. His name is Brian Chandler. He owns, I think it's Elevate. So Zach Couples is out there now. Sure, yeah, yeah. So whoever you get. So Brian Chandler and, and Couples are out there. Like that whole group is this. I have a lot of respect for them and nice. what they're doing, especially at that hub of Vegas because that's a big golf hub as well. So no it's like, no. Anything PT side, I'm sure, you know, Zach Couples is the dude. And Brian Chandler is a lot of just a good dude and works with yeah. a lot of good players too. So I, That'd be my recommendation. Awesome. Yeah. Well, maybe we have to reach out to them after the show and see if we can kind of get connected. That'd be awesome. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So let's do this. Let's finish up with some words of wisdom, Andrew. So, you know, let's say for someone maybe looking to kind of prioritize their body with regards to getting ready for golf, like what, what's something you would recommend they start doing like from the start, let's say maybe they have no real background in fitness or in, in health and wellness. Like, what would be the first priority you would kind of say to someone if they really kind of want to prioritize being able to uh, be healthier, be more fit for golf? Obviously, I think the first step is just kind of there's so much information out there. So actually, my first advice would be don't look for information on Instagram. <laughs> don't look for golf coaching on Instagram. But you can still do some good research on there. Where it's just like, okay, you can still look, kind of look in your area what kind of certified professionals are out there that you can work with and just yeah. kind of ask and just kind of ask a bunch of questions. So if they're ready to go, like, Hey, it's Saturday. I need to get my stuff going on Monday. You know, do your research, contact some people, get them in, get you in for a screening assessment, yeah. and then just develop a plan on both sides. So it's just like a lot of golf fitness trainers obviously have a lot of connections now nowadays with the swing coaches. So it's just sure. like, you have to have both that connection of, you get lucky enough where a swing coach might recommend you a trainer or train you to a swing coach. So sometimes, like you said in the beginning, formulate that team where you're on the same page. Cause yeah. the worst thing is you have a, you know, a fitness trainer trying to be a swing coach and a swing coach trying to be a trainer. So it's like, yeah. you have to have that, that communication where there's no ego involved. You work yeah. with people that have your same common goal and, you know, ask questions, get assessed, develop a plan. And, you know, like you said, get to work. That'd be my recommendation for sure. That's perfect. I, th- I think you're right. I think a lot of times us as coaches, we try and be everything for everyone. And ultimately that we do a disservice to that person because of that. Right. And, you know, again, we have yeah. a lot of great relationship with a lot of swing coaches in the area or instructors in the area. Like, again, we know what we're capable of doing, but I would never claim to be a swing coach. That would just, that would be no. uh, very, very, that would be a poor decision to, to try and even label myself anywhere near that. Right. So, 
know, finding a right team, finding the right people to kind of be part of that team. And again, understanding that not everyone is going to be right for you. Um, and ultimately figuring out who is going to, you know, again, some people like, you know, objective data. Some people like feel like, where is that? where's that happy medium to be able to kind of find that and then ultimately find a performance coach like yourself or, you know, maybe like someone on our team to be able to put all that stuff together in a framework that makes the most sense. Ultimately, if they're starting from the start, their baseline is pretty, pretty low, right? So starting with the basic fundamentals and getting strong, building a base, like that's probably the best place to kind of start. I think so, man. I think too, to have the expectation, like I say, don't, Again, there's some good stuff on Instagram, but also there's, I think a lot of, especially on the consumer side, yeah. well, you know, we always feel like, you know, free is better. It's just like, there's so much information. I can't wait to do all this stuff. It's just like, if you want something quality and specific, yeah. like you're not, it's going to take a little bit of investment, you know, work yeah. with someone like you, or if you get hurt yeah. or with me, where it's just like, I don't have a lot of time. So now it's just like, I, time is valuable. No question. You know, I'm going to try to help people and answer questions on, DMs or whatever, but it's like if you're serious about you know really wanting to improve and get to work, it's like okay, let's talk. But you know, it's gonna it's gonna come at a little bit of a cost. Yeah. Just so you know, like I don't think anything quality really, you know, less is valuable or information or stuff you're gonna get through newsletters or Instagram. But like, nothing quality as a service ever comes for free, unless sure. you're trying to build value or again you're trying to you're starting out maybe get yeah. out some free programs. So it's just like if you're looking for an established program, like you're it's going to take a little bit of investment. So I think if you have that expectation, you'll find people will find somebody. Yeah. And I think you, you, you said it right. It's an investment, right? It's an investment in your health. It's an investment in your golf game um, so that they understand like, listen, you still need to be able to put in the work too, right? So as much as you're looking at all this information on social media and all and YouTube and wherever you're going for information, you know, that's free. That's great. But like, how do you then process that information that makes it work best for you? And, and I think that's a really, really, that's a slippery slope when you try and maybe put it all together yourself. And again, there's a reason why there's people like you and myself around is to be able to provide a service that they can't get on their own. Right. So yeah. um, I, I definitely think you're right. You know, be able to understand that what you're trying to do is an investment in your health long term so that if you want to play golf, we're going to try and put you in the best position to do so. Yeah, no doubt, man. Thanks. So that's just with anything, right? Absolutely, man. So Andrew, man, we, we appreciate your time and, and I know you're a busy guy. So uh, we really, really do appreciate you know, your opportunity to kind of, you know, chat with you. I think there was a great conversation for, for people who maybe want to kind of reach out to you or maybe learn a little bit more about you know, what you're doing and maybe potentially even working with you directly. Like how's, what's the best way that they can do that? So this is where I'll throw Instagram out there because that's where <laughs> I found out most of my stuff. So either right. reach, reach out to me on, especially on online work that's where i kind of do most of my inquiries and online programming stuff is on instagram so ando underscore pfs or again if you need you know more questions a little bit more specific with anything that you need this email is probably the best like a hand three two zero at gmail i'd say those two platforms would be the best to reach me perfect and, sure. and again, for the listeners that aren't aware of Andrew's content or Andrew's work, like it's phenomenal stuff. Like from a performance standpoint, like it's a, it's a, a, a mixed bag of everything that you could probably imagine with regards to the golf performance space or just in just, and just like fitness in general. Right. So like, if you're not following him, do yourself a favor and do so. So you can kind of get an idea as to what he's about. He's, he's got some great stuff. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, listen, what we'll do is we'll put Andrew's uh, you know, contact information in the show notes. 
uh, we'll, we'll put all this stuff and get it ready to roll. So if you guys want to look a little bit more into what Andrew's doing, you can do so. Andrew, thanks so much again for spending some time with us. And listeners, we'll talk to you on the next Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Russ. Appreciate it, man. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much again for listening to this week's episode of the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. If you enjoy the content of this show, we would love it if you would leave an iTunes review to help us grow and expand our ability to provide you with the golf information you are seeking. If you're listening to this show and are dealing with aches, pains, or issues from golf that haven't been resolved, or you're not exactly sure where to turn, then let us know how we can help. Whether you are local or not, you can work directly with us through our pain-free golf performance program, which is completely virtual and online. This program is customized to you and your goals of playing your best golf yet. We would assess how well you move to give us a baseline of what you can do, and then based on that assessment, come up with a training program best suited for you. We are offering a special podcast promotion, which gives you access to our program at a reduced rate. You can inquire by going to manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash pain-free golf. Again, mana is spelled M-A-N-A. So it's manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash pain-free golf and use the promo code podcast when inquiring so we can help you feel better and play better golf. Be sure to tune into next week's episode and we'll catch you then.